voice from the sky on that magical night. And in the colors of a thousand sunsets, they travel to the world on a silvery light. The people of the earth stood waiting, watching as the ships came one by one. Setting fire to the sky as they landed, carrying to the world children of the sun. Children of the sun All at once came a sound from inside Then a female light hit the ground Everyone felt the sound of their heartbeat Every man, every woman, every child They pierced the limits of imagination To the door, to the world Journey of a thousand lifetimes with the children of the sun, they started to
Well, folks, I got to tell you, this one could be a scary one. Kind of like Halloween sort of thing. Not really, but I think in light of the world we live in today and the way things are going and, you know, no disrespect, but <laughs> open your eyes and see what's going on in the world around you and then seriously ask yourself why. Because I'm here to tell you, that's the only question. Yesterday, we went to get um, a food box. Well, it's not a food box. So what you do is you go with your own bags, if you're smart, and they show up with a trailer full of food and a truck full of food, and they set it all out on the ground, and everybody just goes about picking what they want and so forth. They got everything from pastry to fruits and vegetables and soups and on and on. It's a great, great service. It's a great country we live in. And that's why it happens, because people see other people suffering, and they know why it's happening. I think that's one of the greatest things about where I live. Most people, in fact, if not all the people, really, are not blind to what's going on. Some know what's going on, and they don't care. They think Joe Biden's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then there's the rest of us that know what's going on, and we care. Somebody at the food box station yesterday was at the local VFW. So it was nice. The wife and I went in after the um, food box thing, and we had some refreshments, talked with some veterans about the world and <laughs> the state of affairs. And you know, it's interesting, when I was doing the, when we were at the food box thing, somebody must have said something about praying or preaching or something or whatever over the food. And I said, hey, I'll do some preaching. And almost to the person, they all went, yeah, yeah, do some preaching. You know, they, they want to hear the word of God. Not in joking or jesting, for real. So I kind of paraphrased the story a little bit about when Peter made his confession that Jesus was the Messiah, and the fact that nobody disputed that claim. I think personally, that moment, or whenever the moment actually happened for each individual one, but that moment there, and Peter saying such a thing, you are Yeshua HaMashiach, you are Jesus Christ the Messiah in English. And nobody disputed that. Now, what we have to realize and understand as, as non-Jews or part Jews, whatever we happen to be, so forth and so on, is the significance of such a statement. Because even though in the scripture we have little bits and little bits and stuff of possibilities and scenarios and so forth with God performing a great and miraculous thing. In fact, he says uh, in one of the prophets, you know, in fact, I think I just mentioned it yesterday, who's going to believe our report? And God goes on otherwise to say, I'm going to do something you never, you never dreamed of. It, it's going to boggle your mind. I mean, a lot of things God does <laughs> boggles our minds, and we never dreamed of it. But I think maybe in one instance or he, he was talking about that he was going to come here in the flesh through his son, Jesus Christ, and do what he did. 
Nobody was. Nobody saw that one coming. The Jews of the Jesus' day, they were more concerned with um, getting rid of Rome. You know, like when they left Egypt and they got out of that oppressive, you know, existence they were in for 400 and some odd years. They were, it was the same sort of situation. They were under Roman occupation and the Romans, they could be tolerant, but when they were intolerant, oh boy, were they intolerant. And it cost the people a lot of money to live under Roman uh, rule too. But either way, they're looking for the Messiah to deliver them from the oppression of Roman occupation. They're not thinking Messiah in the, you know, wait a minute, we got to do something about sin first, you know, kind of thing. That was like, well, you know, I hate to put a damper on your, you know, when they, when he entered Jerusalem and they were all praising him and laying down palms and so forth and saying, Hosanna in the highest, right? <laughs> little did they know, <laughs> little did they know. And, you know, we have Christians or the churches like that today. You know, everybody's all happy-go-lucky and whatnot about whatever it might be, but, you know, this is why I say constantly about the prophecy thing. But regardless, I prayed and I spoke the scriptures because this is my country. I serve my country. Some of you didn't serve. That's fine. But I serve my country. I paid my dues. I paid my dues just going through boot camp because I joined the Marines back in the day when everything and anything still went. Hell, I didn't have a diploma. I was way overweight. Got high with my recruiter. <laughs> no layasse, no big deal. Right? I still went. And I, boy, I'll tell you, I suffered. <laughs> but it, either way, regardless, back to what I was saying. I paid my dues. This is my country. This is my country. Mine. And many like me. We're not just Christians, we're Christian patriots. I think that makes a difference. I really do. The Christian thing adds something to it. I don't know how to describe it, but it does. If you're not working, if you're not doing something, as simple as praying and, as, you know, to, from there up, you're part of the problem. I've always said it to you. You are part of the problem. Shut your mouth and go sit down. You got no place in this debate. Not at this time. I'm sorry. Not under these circumstances. No, no, no. Because what I'm going to tell you today, what you're going to learn today, according to the name of the show, this could get scary. In fact, you know what? It is scary. I've, I've heard several people say that to me in regards to the days we live in and prophecy being fulfilled. I was talking to a guy, get this, <laughs> for uh, my cell phone service yesterday, and the guy's name is Cyrus. And <laughs> without thinking, you know, I'm, my brain is fried out in the sun too long or whatever. Maybe it's because when I was younger, I inhaled, and that's why I'm not president. I'm not sure. But either way, there was no dress, and there was no fooling around in the office. There's that. Anyways, back to what I was saying. This guy's name is Cyrus. And I said, you know, I said, Cyrus, he reminds me of like 
something from mythology or so for some reason I'm I'm getting this, you know, thought about him. And he says, well, he was a, a mighty king. And I went, oh, Cyrus, Cyrus, that Cyrus. You mean the Cyrus that gave Israel permission to go back to the promised land and so forth? Yeah, yeah, that's the guy, he says. So we were talking, and one of the things that came up in the conversation that he said was, you know, these are fearful days. These are scary days. Even though we know in prophecy what it says, you know, the Lord wins in the end and so forth, and we all win as children of God and so forth. But between now and then, you know, <laughs> it's any man's guess, right, sort of thing. And the only hope, the only security we have, believe it, you know, I mean, let's face it, nobody in the world is going to, when it comes down to the brass tacks, <laughs> offer us any help. In fact, a lot of people in the world are going to, are already, they're our enemy. You know, not to say, well, like, thank you, Lord. You got to love your enemy, but, you know, <laughs> Scripture tells us, right? The Lord says, if you can't love your enemy, you can't be a follower of mine. Remember what Jesus said on the cross, right? Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. I'm not sure I would have the gumption to ask forgiveness to some people that did what they did to him. You know, true, quite honestly, just poking around there a little bit. Anyway, <clears throat> this is scary. It's You should be concerned. You should be very concerned. I, I can't stress that enough. These people have an agenda, they have a plan, and everyone, like today we're going to talk more about the World Economic Forum because, hey, they're making some significant moves. But recently my best friend sent me a video, and this gentleman saying how it wasn't, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like in The Godfather. That guy Johnny comes to the wedding and he's a big movie star and everything. And Michael Corleone is talking to his, well, to be wife, but at the time they're just dating or whatever. And she says, I didn't know you knew Johnny Fontaine. And he saw you. Yeah, my father's his godfather. And he had a big, uh, big place in his career. Oh, how's that? Well, Johnny Fontaine was in this contract. And he wanted to get out of it, but they wouldn't let him get out of it. So Lou Cabrazzi went there and told him, with my dad, either your signature or your brains are going to be on that paper. So this is what it's all about. This is where we're at. These people are putting a gun to our heads saying, comply or die. I hope you know what the choice is. Because compliance is hell. There, you take the mark and all that. No, no, there is no salvation. John MacArthur, very well-known preacher, made a big mistake one time, and it was on mic and video, actually. Uh, uh, he had just had a whatever, you know, presentation in the stadium there type thing, and somebody came up to him afterwards and says, can you still be saved after you take the mark of the beast? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right away, the red flags went up. Just to be sure, <laughs> I went to the scripture. Yeah. The only thing that comes, the first thing that comes after 
taking the mark of the beast is the condemnation and the judgment that these people are going to face. There's no no salvation there. Nothing. Zip, zero. It's not the kind of thing where you could change your mind. You can change your mind right now about being a Christian. You can do it or not do it. You can change your mind about getting up and doing something. Do it or not do it. All those kinds of things. You take that mark, there ain't no, there's no change. Uh-uh-uh. No, no, no. No, no, no. Let's get on with the show. Let's talk, and I'm your host, Mike. Again, the podcast, This Could Get Scary. Your Heavenly Father, fear has gripped this world. Uncertainty and confusion, Lord, which comes from Satan. Because with you, there's no confusion, no uncertainty, no fear, except for of you. Fear of you, Lord, is the beginning of knowledge. But this world, Lord, is just from morning to night. And even in our dreams sometimes, Father, the evil one comes to us and tempts us. But I don't have dreams of you, Lord, because you're real. With you, Lord, they're visions. I see it. I don't have to be asleep. You show it to me while I'm awake and you talk to me while I'm awake and while I sleep. And you tell me through your word and your scriptures and otherwise, Lord, what you're going to do. What's coming? And I believe, Father God, that I'm doing this show for that reason. Because you showed me. Because you told me. And as from that day forward, Lord, I watched it happen. And I know beyond a doubt. Though I pray, Father, that at this time, as always, be with my heart, my tongue, my mind, Lord, filled with your Holy Spirit, that your truth, your wisdom, and your understanding be upon my lips and spoken on this show. And that if anybody, Lord, that hears this show or hears somebody talk about it, and it's a witness, a testimony, and that individual isn't saved, I pray, Father God, this be the day of their salvation. Always, Lord. And when one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. Amen and amen. Amen. First scripture, Revelations 22. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. You don't want to tamper with the word of God, but funny I should use that scripture before I read this story. The World Economic Forum, drumroll please, wants to rewrite the Bible. Ooh, there's a big surprise. I'm shocked. I know you are too. The World Economic Forum, the government, the global government are us. Like the toy thing, right? Toys are us. <laughs> global government are us. A little pun intended there. 
wants to rewrite the Bible. They want to rewrite the Bible because they, well, in their eyes, it's wrong. So they want to correct it. They want to make it, well, I, you know, whatever correcting it means, what's wrong with it? It's been okay till now. Oh, that's right, because you're better than the Bible. You're higher than the Lord God. You're more important than Jesus Christ. I forgot. Put your halo on your nightstand at night and hang your wings at the foot of your bed. <laughs> Where did I get that from? I don't know. But listen, they're going to use AI, so according to them, everything's going to be peachy keen. Yeah, we'll take that artificial intelligence. <coughs> What's that word when you like, uh, oh, shoot. Hey, Tina. What's that word called when somebody says something, you know, facetiously because it actually means the other thing? Oh, I can't. Like, you know, intelligence. Oh, that's a... Oh, shoot. I can't think of the word. I don't know. I can think of patronized, but... I'm blank. I'm blank. Me too. Anyways. Because we're so smart. Yeah. I'm so intelligent. I, I just got so much... I got like 20 Webster dictionaries. Sarcasm. Yeah. And encyclopedias. Sarcasm. And the sarcasm, too. I'm good at that. I used to, when I worked, <laughs> I get off the show here, but years ago I worked at this retail gas station and uh, in New York, and, uh, you know, it's one of those ones where people walk in and get their stuff. I remember working those stations. In fact, one of those stations in particular was still a booth. You know, you, you were in like a, uh, I don't know, six-by-five booth or whatever it was. Anyway, um, I used to just, like Don Rickles-type humor, very dry, nine times out of ten, I'm just insulting the living, you know, whatever out of you, and you don't know it. And I'm having a hoot of a time laughing my ass off, excuse my language, and you start laughing just because my laugh is contagious. You're funny. <laughs> You're an idiot, but I won't say it. Anyway, why did I tell that? Anyway, I mean, ask you, so what could go wrong? Artificial intelligence. Yeah, right. Apparently, God and his prophets, I mean, you know, that's what I said, through the ages, since, you know, hoo -hoo, way back when, they got it all wrong. It's been wrong since the first word. The first word. And what they believe the world needs now is, of course, a new Bible that contains transgenderism and transhumanism and this, you know, cauldron mix of all the world's religions. Well, wait a minute, except for one. Yep, that's right. Except, of course, for all those teachings that we won't be allowed to hear anymore and all those things won't be allowed to say. I am so glad when I was at that food box giveaway yesterday that I preached the word of the Lord. Even had people asking questions about what I was telling them. Told them the story about Moses and how he was really reluctant and debated God in a very, you know, not a casual way. He didn't want to go. And the one lady says, why was that? And I says, well, a few things. But up front, <laughs> he stuttered something fierce. Really? I says, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had a real speech impediment, and he was not not looking forward to doing this. 
So that's why Aaron, his brother, was called upon, and he was going to be the mouthpiece, but Moses was going to go to be the go-between between God and Aaron. So anyway, yep, people want to hear the word, man. They want to hear the unadulterated words, not this thing they're going to come out with. And quite, I think, you know, the only way to save democracy and save the planet, I guess in their eyes, is for a massive global government to decide what's, what is permitted religious doctrine and what isn't. This is nothing short of Big Brother telling you what you can read and what you can't. This is right out of the flipping Nazi playbook. Hitler reprinted Bibles with his picture on them and the swastika. Are we really that far from there? You know, one of the greatest mistakes the people in Nazi Germany thought, including the Jews, that could never happen. You know what? Nobody thought Jesus Christ could happen either, didn't they? Doesn't God say, I'm going to do something that you never would believe? I think that mo means more than just like one thing. Because God's done a lot of things that, you know, so I know he probably had something in particular, but, you know, think about it. I just want to say to those who think that this and all my other shows and everything I'm going to tell you today, that this is a sign that we've truly entered the end times, <laughs> welcome, welcome if you finally you know, got the revelation or the revelation got through to you. Trust me when I tell you people, it's not some other time, it's now. And I get it, people been squawking about the end times since, you know, God knows when. I remember in the 80s, Hal Lindsey and whoever else it was jumped on the bandwagon. You know, Jim Baker and all them kind of shows. Oral Roberts, oh my gosh, he was a big one. My friend's mother thought he was like, you know, a little god himself that followed the big god. Donated all kinds of money to the guy. I mean, big bucks. So they've been saying it for a long time, but trust me when I tell you. In fact, I just read a story yesterday, and if I was a better host, I would have it ready to tell you exactly, but China, Saudi Arabia, well, okay, wait a minute. Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Russia, so Iran and Russia want to help Saudi Arabia develop nuclear technology, <laughs> i.e. weapons, and China was the one that put that all together. These are some countries in particular that are mentioned that are part of, a, of an alliance in the end times and they're going to come up against Israel. See, this is how it happens. A little, you know, a little diplomacy here, a little diplomacy there. Sign this agreement and that agreement, done deal. And on the surface, it doesn't really look like much, does it? Well, so what? You know, yada, yada. I just thank the Lord God when he showed me those visions years ago, they stayed with me, and I was able to see them come to fruition as they developed over the years. Some took years to, you know, show fruit, but they finally did. 
then I had to learn to have great patience because that's what it takes. But anyways, regardless of that, so there's that news story. What else can I tell you? This is how it happens. This is the way we're heading. This, you know, it's like everybody's just, like today, driving to town. Oh my gosh, are people that burned out in the brain that they forgot the, you know, the driving skill? There's a skill to it. At least there used to be. Now it just seems like they answer some questions and drive around the block or whatever, and okay, here's your license. And no matter how wacky or whatever they become later in life, oh, no, no, no problem, here's another license, you know, you renew it. I never thought I'd see the day when I say I think senior citizens should be retested. But I also think there's a lot of <laughs> not senior citizens that should be tested. But people are burned out. That whole pandemic thing did a great, great, tremendous psychological damage to the people of this world. Oh, by the way, before I forget, the opening song was Children of the Sun. And if you don't know the words, <laughs> do you know the words? Um, I would, uh, I would, um, I would look them up. I actually, okay, hang on a second. I'm multitasking here. Knock it off. Leave me alone. Children of the Sun. Billy Thorpe. Thomas Bergeson. So who the heck sang it? Billy Thorpe. In the 1979 album, Children of the Sun. I mean, basically, it's a UFO, demonic thing, and so forth type song. But, <laughs> hello, you know, with the UFO things that are going on here lately, you know, when you hear a song like that, you go, <laughs> the truth is stranger than fiction, as they say. Wake up. Wake up. There's no time to be pussyfooting around. Wake up. So they're, okay, so let's, let's keep, all right. Everybody shut up. I'm trying to do a show. <laughs> this is the direction we're going in. We give power. We give power. And then more power to inaccessible persons. You can't go up to these people and say, hey, I want to talk to you. The politicians come up to the podium. You ask them a question. They re-ask you the same question in a slick manner. Did you ever notice that? They never answer the question. That's what I liked about Trump's press people there, those ladies. You had a few of them. They answered the question, <laughs> and, and the guy that asked it kind of many times looked like a buffoon, kind of like Biden. So these people, they're in, inaccessible, untouchable, but they're the ones that have the power, and they're the ones that have been given the authority to do what they're doing. And they are so sure of their agenda at this point in time in history, they're coming out of the woodwork. I mean to tell you, they are just, just 
spewing this garbage out of their mouths, these lies, these deceitful programs and all kinds of this stuff. Oh, but it's inclusion. Oh, I was going to say earlier, I believe it was the World Health Organization is on a big campaign, and again, you know, gun to the head, sign the paper or you die, for all the countries of the world, giving them the authority to say and do and make believe anything and everything to do with health. So if some, you know what, some country over in some remote part of the world some tribe comes down with some kind of whatever. The World Health Organization wants the authority. They're demanding the authority to claim pandemic, shut down, do this, do that, you know, whatever. Like all those draconian measures they took, especially in New York and Australia, too. They Man, they were real bad. They had camps for people. Anyways... These are the people that are, you know, making the decisions now. It's not our congressmen or senators or legislators, none of them. They're just a bunch of useless puppets, every one of them. That's why they hated Trump. In Genesis 3, 5, it says, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Ye shall be as gods. That, I think, is still the greatest con Satan ever pulled on us right there. They didn't become gods. <laughs> Not even close. They were closer to God before they sinned, obviously. So inalienable rights, right? That's in our, our form of government. So, exactly how do they propose to correct our religion? The primary target, if you haven't figured it out yet, is the Christian religion. But don't think they're going to stop there. They're going to mix them all up and, you know, like come up with a soup. <laughs> I, God knows what they're going to call it, but they're going to do it. That's how they think it should be. So you got these globalist no-boobs saying you've got from day to day, depending on which side of the bed they got up on in the morning. You'll have this today or that tomorrow. depends on how I feel. And basically, the way the program works and what they're laying out as a, their agenda, you're going to have, as I said so many times before, nothing and be happy. How's that work again? Yep. So is it worth it to get the latest smart home or smart car that they can turn off whenever they please? It's been done. People have had their smart thermostats and stuff and that those all those gadgets in their homes mucked with. And really the thing about a car is that's if you're allowed to have a car at all because there's that too. And maybe private home ownership will have to go. Can't have that. We got all these illegals. They need a place to stay. In California, because everybody left, <laughs> not really, but, you know, a lot, 
and they put their houses up for sale. Nobody's buying them. So they're giving them squatters' rights to the homeless and the indigent and all that garbage. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine going from homeless to living in a frickin' palatial palace-type place? All because <laughs> the former owners got fed up with whatever his name is there, Newsom, and moved away. And unfortunately, they're in California, so nobody wants their house. We got lucky in New York. We got lucky. Well, actually, we had the Lord on us. Right? So anyways, and all this is going to be managed by AI. So listen, hey, don't worry. It'll be great. Trust me. Yeah. The checks in the mail and a few other things, too, I remember hearing about years ago. And you know what? If things get bad enough, just lock us to hell down. Just shut us up. Put us in prison camps that you already have built all over the country, the world. Australia did it. They were like, here you go. This is what it's going to be like next time. But they did it this time. All because you don't agree with them. All because it's my country. My country. Again, it could get scary. It is scary. And it sounds pretty hopeless. But listen, light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, the Bible, the real Bible, not this thing they're going to create. The real Bible does remind us of this. Now listen, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. <laughs> you know, I read those scriptures and I laugh. Anyways, then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. That's Psalm 2, verses 4 through 5. Look back over history and see what <laughs> displeasure means when it comes to God coming down on you. It's not fun. It says in Galatians 5.9, of course you know what it says. Anyways, Galatians 5.9, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So for those of you that don't know, if you put just a, a, a pinch of leaven or yeast into the dough, and it could be a, you know, a large bat of dough, it'll infect the whole batch. That's how, that's what makes bread rise before they cook it. I saw one time, they were at a bread factory in Britain. It's a TV show, it's on TV, and I can't think of the name of it, but anyways, regardless, this massive thing of dough in this ginormous mixer and all that, and just this wee little bit of yeast. And it'll... <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Moving along. Well, well, there's... You know, all this I talk about, them taking away our rights and everything, and I'm screaming, this is my country. Because law and order's gone. See ya, wouldn't want to be ya. They've dismantled it. They've dismantled it. Turned it into something, I don't even know what. But this week, or past week... A Marine Corps veteran, guy's name is Daniel Penny, he faced an indictment for his chokehold on a mentally ill subway rider. Listen to this. 
and this the rider's name is Jordan Neely, he was terrorizing other passengers. So Mr. Penny, the former Marine, he stepped into the fray because, well, basically other riders were afraid for their lives. And that's what Marines do. But unfortunately for Penny, the mentally ill kid was black, and most unfortunate, he died. And immediately, immediately, like it or not, Daniel Penny had national notoriety. Not for being a war hero, but for being a hero, a hometown hero. For, well, trying to restrain a man who was willing, ready, and able to kill and was causing havoc. It's kind of like Michelle Obama in the video I saw. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. Cops using rubber bullets and shields in peaceful protests. Peaceful protests? They're flipping cars over and burning cities down. I'd hate to see a violent protest. Oh, my God. Oh, man, please take me, Jesus, now. Back to Mr. Penny. This guy faces 15 years in prison for a single moment of, of, of valor, of gallantry, of heroism. He saved other people's lives. And the only reason he's facing 15 years in prison, can you guess it? Yeah, that's right. He's white. If it had been black on black, chokehold or another black, you know, who? nobody would have batted an eyelash. Well, what was that? Oh, yeah, okay, you know. That's why the African-Americans have so much trouble in crime in their neighborhoods. They allow it. You ever watch these cop shows? Holy crap. And then this idea of entitlementism? Oh, no, no, no. In a pig's backside there, son. So he's arrested, charged with manslaughter, because an erratic black homeless man who prosecutors say was making threats and scaring people on the subway. Now, Penny's lawyers maintain that he acted in self-defense and stepped in to protect other passengers on the train. But a grand jury indicted him. Oh, there's a big surprise. In New York City, a lot of that indictment stuff going on, huh? Second-degree manslaughter, 15 years if he's convicted. The idea is, that, or the thing is, the man was making threats, repeating over and over again, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to prepare to go to jail for a while, I'm willing to die, that kind of stuff. What would you do? Probably you'd just sit there, wouldn't you? You'd go, oh my gosh, oh, look at that man, he's so terrible. That's why I like it where we live, we got guns. <laughs> And guess what? End of this story, I have to tell you, the Neely family, the family of the crazy wacko guy that died, they're looking to make millions off the trial. This is, this is going to be one of Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson's defining moments. Believe me when I tell you, every black radical, every white socialist, liberal tard is going to come out of the frickin' woodwork and defend this guy that died, no disrespect, defend this guy that died like he was some kind of freaking hero. 
I see it on the cop shows. Oh, he was such a nice man. He was a freaking drug addict. Got caught up in a drug deal over methamphetamines. He, I'm, I hate to say it, but he got what was coming to him. That's the world they live in. I mean, it's like me growing up. You know, I ran in these little Italian gangs, hanging out in the city sometimes, things like that. That's the life I lived, and I never thought I'd freaking see 40. Dirty at best. But thank God, between the Marine Corps and, and, and God, I'm here today, and I'm about ready to celebrate my 62nd birthday. I'll give you my address at the end of the show so you can send checks. Make sure there's one, two, three, four, five numbers. If you're feeling lucky, I, you could throw me six. I could handle it, but, you know, at least five, all right? Anyway, moving along. They're going to come. They always do. Where's the white people when something like this happens? How come we don't do that? How come we don't start tossing freaking cars and burning cities down? Heck, man, the cops are on our side, right? They're a bunch of racist pigs, even the black ones. They hate black folk. You know, doing this because I'm black. I've heard that. I'll tell you, I could throw up every time now. It's the most disgusting and vile comment a criminal could make. You're only doing this because I'm black. Really? I guess that pistol I found under the front seat, which you don't have a permit for, and the bags of cocaine and marijuana and so forth in that gym bag stuff full in your trunk, that would be what? <laughs> Just because I hate you and you're black? Isn't this just the most asinine logic you've ever heard? Please tell me. Help me with this. We're on the eve of destruction, people. If this country doesn't turn around and repent sometime soon, I, <laughs> I hate to tell you it's going to be too late. The Lord God is only, only going to allow the Gentile world, that's those of us who weren't born Jews, to, I guess, occupy and so forth and so on, the, you know, the Christian doctrine, the real doctrine, not this nonsense. And then he's going to say, okay, in fact, it says in the scriptures, when the time of the Gentiles is over, so he's, <laughs> they're plainly stating there's a time limit here for the Gentiles to come in, as they call it. Like the sheep, the gathering of the sheep coming in. Right? Jesus, the good shepherd, the master of the flock. And then that time is over. It's like the five women, or not the five women. It's like the scripture that says when Jesus says, People that show up in heaven and go, oh, but I did this, that, and the other thing, and so forth and so on. Jesus said, I never knew you. I mean, it's the kind of thing of knowing about somebody or knowing of somebody and knowing them. I know my best friend. I kind of know, you know, I know of and whatever other people that I did hang out with or, you know, we were in the same place at the same time, but I couldn't tell you anything about them. There's a difference. And if you don't know Jesus, well, 
you know, hate to tell you. He's got something to tell you when you go up there, you know. <laughs> you know, what do you think? He's a politician. Hey, I did this and the other thing for you. Really? Well, let me get you a job. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's the exact opposite. We're supposed to serve, not be served. Who washed whose feet? Come on. I know you know. That's right. Jesus washed their feet, not the other way around. Who made it so they caught Buku catches a fish? Remember that one? That's early on. Peter says, oh, man, we were just out there. There's nothing out there. And, I, you know, just something about the way the Lord was looking at him. I have to think that that wasn't necessarily the first time they heard about Jesus. I think Jesus had been up, <laughs> up to stuff. What are you up to, Jesus? No, <laughs> kind of makes it sound bad, doesn't it? You know, but I think he was he was doing things before, or he was talking, and people knew who he was. They, you know, the word was going out. So, I, you know, this is speculation, but I think it kind of makes sense. But if, irregardless, Peter says, you know, <laughs> Rabbi or Lord, whatever you want, you know, we were just out there. There's nothing out there. And Peter owned, you know, it wasn't just one boat. He owned a, a business. And then, he, you know, it just must have been something the way the Lord said it and how he's looking at him sort of thing. Maybe he kind of walked, started walking towards the boats, you know. And Peter relented, and out they went, and boy, they caught more fish, and the boats were almost submerging. And the nets were, like, just about ready to break wide open. They caught a bounty like they never saw before, Right? They knew Jesus. They knew him. They knew him so well, and they paid attention to him so good that when he asked that question, who do the people say that I am? And, you know, they said, some say the prophet, some say John the Baptist come back to life, so forth, you know, Elijah and whatever. And then just Peter turns around and says, I say you're the Messiah. I mean, the Lord tells him that wasn't his own understanding or wisdom that gave him that. It came from heaven. But the fact of the matter is, they believed it. You don't, well, there's liars, so I can't say this. I was going to say, you don't normally tell something or believe something that's not true, but... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> You believe that, I'll sell you a bridge in Brooklyn <laughs> for dirt cheap. Listen, you, you know, I'm not trying to demean anybody or insult anybody, but I think there comes a time in a, in a person's life, in many instances, where they got to... Somebody back in New York used to say this, so I'm going to say it. There comes a time in your life when you got to shit or get off the pot. You know what I mean? I understand it. Today's society, they don't understand that. How many of these teenagers and young adults are adults or they're living home? Wait a minute. What are you doing living home? 
Maybe you got some circumstances and it's a temporary thing. I, I understand that. But there's a whole lot of people out there that got no intention because they're entitled. And their parents believe the same stuff. So they tolerate this punk living in their house. Probably not even paying one bill or putting anything towards it. I mean, come on, people. You know, come on. How long are you going to pee on the toilet seat before you figure out you got to lift it up? No disrespect. I'm just saying. I'll try any kind of an analogy if I can to try to get you to understand. I just think with all that we believe and all that we have and, I mean, you know, just normal... Then you add to that, we have the Holy Spirit, the armor of God, all this stuff. We have every single weapon that the Lord has. We have the wisdom, the knowledge, the truth, and the understanding. We have the Word of God and the foundation that cannot be destroyed. What is the problem, right? You got to ask yourself, why don't I do something? Why am I so... You know, just not give a dang. I don't know. I don't know, you know. (laughs) I would hope you have a good reason, but other than, you know, some kind of real serious uh, mental issue or medical issue, you know. But even then, you can pray. You can pray. Hey, Tina. Okay. I think the movie was called War Room. And it was a movie about a woman. And the war room was actually her closet. She literally would go into her closet. She had a kind of, wasn't like a real tiny, like she was, you know, no room to move. But, And that's where she would read and pray. And she called it, Not a prayer closet, a war room. Paul says we battle not against flesh and blood. You got to get that to sink into your mind. This is big. This is huge. This is serious. It doesn't get any bigger than this. And your calling as a Christian is greater than anything that you could have ever... When you get to heaven as a Christian... (laughs) because otherwise you ain't, right? But anyways, you get to heaven and all the kudos and all the rewards go to Christ. There isn't anything that you're going to go through, you know, bad times or something due to your Christianity that's not going to be worth it when you get to heaven. You're going to look back on it and go, that was nothing. That was nothing. Look at what I have now. I mean, I hate to put it in terms where, you know, be greedy. Hey, just think of what I'm going to have, you know. Actually, Jesus knows your heart, so if that's your deal, you're in trouble. (laughs) Sorry if you heard a rubbing sound. I was moving my cup across the table. I'm sorry. I didn't realize it picks up on the mic. So anyways, I'm going to close it up here by just saying, 
you know, it's scary, it's fearful, it's confusing, everything's out of whack, nobody knows which way is going, and you got these buffoons up there in Washington and secret societies and non-government organizations, all these things are real. The Bilderbergs, the the uh, Trilateralist Commission, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Bill and Melanie Gates Foundation. You got to look up what these foundations stand for. You'd like be surprised what they're into. They're into the same thing this nonsense Mr. Schwab is into and his group there. They all have the agenda. They're all in on it. Don't be in on it. Know of it. Be aware of it. Be ready to do battle against it. Don't be part of it. Don't. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you, Father God, that you gave me the, the wisdom, the truth, the knowledge, and the understanding to share it with others, Lord. Not for my benefit, Father, or my glory ever, but for their benefit and your glory, Lord. All wisdom, truth, knowledge, and understanding, all compassion comes from you. And we're to share that with those around us. Let us love our enemies as we love ourselves. Let us do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Let us sow good seed, Lord, and may it be watered and prosper. Bring, bring great blessing, and the bounty will be fruitful. And I thank you, Father, for all these things, and I thank you so, so much for my salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, for all our salvation. And I pray also, always, Father, for the peace of Jerusalem. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. There is going to be another song. Don't go away. you got to listen to it. I think you're thoroughly going to enjoy it. God bless everybody. Goodbye. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Come on, baby, do the locomotion. I know you'll get to like it if you give it a chance now.